0: Hey, if you got a Bible, Ephesians chapter one is where you can meet me. If you're using a device and have an app, you can change the translation. I'm reading out of the new living translation this morning. If you're new to the whole Bible thing, there should be a table of contents at the front. You can find the page number for Ephesians there. But if you're a guest with us or watching online for the very first time, what we generally like to do during this portion of our service this is take a book of the Bible or a topic that seems relevant, spend a few weeks exploring what God has to say about those things, and you picked a great Sunday to start uh, tuning in and joining us because we're kicking off a brand new series this week called What's Next? Now, depending on your perspective, that question can mean a lot of different things, Right? Like if you had a bunch of negative things happen through lockdown and this whole COVID deal, you're thinking, what's next? But if life's been really good to you lately, then you're thinking, what's next? And isn't it amazing how just that little inflection can make all the difference in the world? What's next, Eeyore on the seashore? Versus what's next, disturbingly happy person that nobody can stand but we have to tolerate regardless? Um, but see, it's often the small things in life that make the biggest difference. But that's not my message. That was free uh, what I want you to consider, consider today is which end of the question are you on? Like, uh, are you passive and lethargic, or are you excited? Because your, your life was never meant to be passive or lethargic. It was meant to have joy and be alive. Can I hear a better amen somebody? So that's what we're really after today. Now, lest you don't believe me. And before we dive into Ephesians 1, let me show you this. This is Psalm 16. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy. Where? In your presence. So here's the big idea this morning. This is my entire message in one sentence in case you check out mentally before I'm done. You might want to jot this down. Spiritual success will follow your spiritual system. That's everything we're going to talk about today. Spiritual success, joy, life to the fulfillment of life, that spiritual success will follow your spiritual system. In other words, God's not trying to keep anything from you. He's trying to make known to you the path of life. And if you get yourself in the right environment with the right priorities, good things will happen. You will find joy. That's what Psalm 16 just said. Furthermore, as the pastor of this church, my job is not simply to marry you and bury you, as they say. (laughs) Matter of fact, the word pastor uh, in Latin, which is where it comes from, it means shepherd. So in reality, my job is that I'm supposed to be taking you to all the different hillsides and all the different pastures. And I'm supposed to be showing you all the good grass that God has for you so that you can grow in your knowledge of Him. And one year we might be over here in the ryegrass. And then the next year we might be over here in the bluegrass. And then I'm going to take you over here to show you the fescue. And then we might be in some dichondra. And then we might hit up the Bermuda. And then God willing, we're going to be in that thick, luscious bent grass on the 18th green of Augusta National. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, how do you know so much about grass? I told you it's my job, plus my good friend is a grass farmer. Okay, and I ask a lot of questions, and he has to explain it to me. It's bad for him, but good for me. But uh, my job is to, according to the Bible, is to help shepherd you into growth. Now, the Bible also makes it clear that part of my job is to protect you from some of the dangers of the field. We talked about this in our last series in the book of Mark, how God puts some fences out there for us. And there are some boundaries to the different fields. And um, not everything is good for you, right? Some of you have learned that not everything that glitters is gold. Some of the green grass is not the good grass. And so along with the elders and the leadership teams here at New Anthem, one of the things that we want to do is help keep you from the proverbial crabgrass in life. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to start hopping fences. And maybe a better way to describe what it is I actually do here is really I'm just a spiritual tour guide. I'm taking you all around to the different, uh, you know, displays that God has put up that if you'll do what he says, it will lead you to life and joy. So a couple years ago, for Laura and I's anniversary, we went to Universal Studios in Hollywood. And Laura is a fan of Harry Potter, which depending... You know, where you land on that, you know, she, some people think she worships the devil and should be burned at the stake. (laughs) But regardless of where you land on that, that's not the point. The point is we went and we went to see the Wizarding World, among other things. And what made the trip special is we bought the VIP package, which gave us a tour guide, private and uh, we gave us access to special restaurants. And we got to see the back lots where they filmed different shows. And there was even some movie stars there at the time we were there. They were filming Jurassic World, one of the Jurassic World's there. And so we got special access that nobody else got to. And one of the other VIP things, they gave us permission to go to the front of every line of every ride. And so the, uh, the tour guide would take us through like these back entrances. And then we'd wind up at the front and everybody's looking at us. Like, why well, I stood out here in the baking sun for all afternoon. What makes these people so special? And um, Christianity and church is kind of like that. My job is to take you around to the different areas of life and that nobody else has access to in the world because they don't get to know God the same way we get to know God. And we have joy, and we have hope, and we have special access to the God of the universe, and I'm simply the nerdy tour guide along the way telling you what to do. And as part of our journey this morning, I'm going to take you to Ephesians 1 to discover spiritual success will follow your spiritual system. But don't take my word for it. Ephesians 1, picking up in verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom, spiritual success, and insight, so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I hope you know that I, like Paul, pray for you constantly, especially as I'm preparing these messages, because one of my biggest fears for you is that every single week you'll come to church, and you'll leave with a bunch of cliches and no wisdom and God is after you growing in your knowledge of Him and getting better in life. And Paul continues in verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. You have access to the same power that rose Christ from the dead. You're powerful, but with great power. Power comes great responsibility, right? Uncle Ben taught us that in the first Spider-Man. Come on, people. Um, Anyway, verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. That is to say, if this church body isn't being filled with Christ, then we might as well shutter the doors because we're doing everything wrong. Anything we do apart from Jesus is in vain. Now, before we talk about the four things that Paul points out here, which I would argue are the same four things that will lead to your spiritual success in life, and that God wants for you. He, he makes it clear over and over in Scripture. I feel like I preach this message at least once a year from a different passage, because it's all throughout the Bible. But I want to direct your attention to something rather important, because I need you to notice that Paul is not asking God to give these people something that they do not have, but rather, he is asking and praying that God would to reveal to them what they've already had, right? Uh, he, he says, y- "You've got knowledge. Now I want God to make it grow. And he says, you have hope, but I want God to flood your heart with light so that your confident hope can be made known. And you have power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, but I pray that you'll utilize that power. And how easy is it for us throughout the course of our day and through our week, how easy is it for us to get so overwhelmed with everything that we've got going on that we forget what God has already given to us. And there's a lot of people in the world praying right now for things that God's already given them. And it's like, well, I've got work and I've got school and I've got the government telling me that if I don't wear a mask, I'm going to die within seconds of setting foot outside my door and I'm washing my hands every 15 seconds. And then some of us like and then we got these kids and they're just like always there all the time and we've been on spring break for six months now which for the first couple of weeks that was awesome but then they started assigning homework and i i'm a grown man what do i need to know this common core math for you know like why are we circling everything what, y'all remember when there was a number and then a plus sign and a number and a line and you just had to figure it out and you prayed to God, the teacher didn't look at you and she said, what's the answer to this? Like, why are we, there's like blocks and now dots and I I can't figure anything out. And and I'm just, everybody's like praying to God for the power that rose Christ from the dead to figure out why Jane has 16 more quarters, you know what I'm talking about? Then Bill who had 14 more. Then like, what are we talking about anymore? I don't know much, but I know from experience that God has already given you everything you need for success in your spiritual walk. And I know from experience that spiritual success will follow your spiritual system. And if you'll commit to these four things, these four spiritual steps, if you'll recognize where you're at on this journey and take the next right step, your life will radically change. Matter of fact, if you've been here for an extended period of time, you've heard me say, if you'll give me one year of your life, if you'll give me just one year and you'll commit to these four things and you'll get involved and you'll do everything that we're asking you to do and give and serve. And uh, if you do all these things for one year, and if at the end of that year, your life hasn't radically been transformed, I will leave this church with you because I'm so passionate about these things that God says. Because over and over in scripture, God says, it's not complicated. It's not complicated got four things that I need from you in this life, four things I want for you to do in this life. They're not complicated. They're not difficult to understand. Oh, they're not easy. In fact, this is going to take a lot of work, but it's not complex. Here they are. I put them in your notes. You don't even have to write these down. I spelled it out for you. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Over and over in Scripture, those are the four things that God says He wants for you in your life, to know Him, to find freedom, from the bondage of sin to discover your purpose. God has a plan and purpose for your life. You're not one in a million. You're one of a kind. God has something he wants for you to do in order to make a difference in the world. That's what God wants for you in this life. That's the secret to everything that you're looking for. Here's the problem. Most people never make it past step 1B. Uh, They'll get to step 1A and they'll find forgiveness in God, but they'll never find freedom. And that's really what it takes in order to discover your purpose and make a difference. You have to do all four things. I'll tell you why that happens, but first let's chat. First from verse 17, notice that Paul says uh, he's praying for the people at his church so that they'll grow in their knowledge of God. This is step one, to know God. Here's how you can write it down. The language we use at New Anthem is we want to bring you into a saving relationship with Jesus. Like we want you to know him personally. Which this is a completely foreign concept to all the other ancient religions of the world. I hope you know every other world religion, you don't get to know the God. Sure, you you get to know his name. You, You get to know what it is that they do, but you don't get to talk to them. Like as a friend, you certainly don't get to know what they enjoy or what motivates their actions. It's why every other world religion demands sacrifices and special dances. And you have to say the right words because depending on the God's mood, they might demand something different from you. How y'all know you don't want to anger the gods. They, you need the gods to help your crops grow and whatever it is. Uh, Y'all have probably heard that story in the Old Testament where Elijah calls down fire from heaven and it burns up everything, including the rocks and all the other pagan priests. Remember what they were doing? Dancing around, cutting themselves, shouting, singing weird songs. And that's what's most typical to other world religions. You have to wear special clothes. You have to pray at special times. You have to keep certain rituals, but not so in Christianity. What you absolutely have to hear me say is you don't have to change your life in order to get to God. You come to God so that he can change your life. Monumentally important distinction. Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with this light and this knowledge so that you can understand this confident hope that we have, that we get to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter where we're at. That's our confident hope, forgiveness through Jesus. Whosoever believes in him will be forgiven. See, we believe that God calls everyone. It's just that not everybody's going to answer that phone call. Too many people in this world that just slide that red button, ignore. Don't need you right now, God. Got plenty of stuff going on in my life. I'm too busy. Yet Romans 1 makes it clear that God has revealed himself to all humanity. And so we are without excuse. But I love the imagery that Paul is using, that our hearts will be flooded with light because there's this dark part of your heart that if you can be honest with yourself, you know it's there because whether it's pain or sin or hurt caused by you or pain or hurt or sin caused by other people, we all have this dark part of our soul and we don't want anybody to shine a light on that part of our lives. But God... Paul is praying to God to say, no, God, we want you to flood our hearts with this life so that we can understand who you are and how much you love us. And that if you'll just uh, allow ourselves to come before you, you'll receive us no matter what. That's the message of the Bible. So every Sunday when we gather together, the goal of this church is to flood your heart with life. Because we believe one second in the presence of God will radically transform your life So everything we do on a Sunday from the coffee to the kids is meant to help you learn more about God It's meant to bring you joy It's meant to help you figure out how God has wired you and shaped you and molded you so that you can leave with joy in your heart People say well, why why is the music got to be so loud? And I say because i'm trying to be biblical because God likes loud music And they're like, well, show me that scripture. Oh, that's easy. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord, exclamation point, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with a blast of the ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and harp and electric guitar, praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Uh Uh-oh. I didn't know that was in Scripture. Yeah, it's there. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Amen. It's all right there. And they're like, well, okay, I see that. Well, how come nobody's wearing suits? And how come nobody's wearing dresses? And aren't we supposed to present the best of ourselves to the Lord? And I'm like, well, I showed you 150. Can you show me where it says that? Because then I can show you where John the Baptist wore camel skin and a leather belt. And I can show you where David danced in the street in his underwear singing praises to the Lord. And, like, that's the problem with reading your Bible, because I can do this all day, right? I mean, we can just go back and forth. And so at New Anthem, it's not about how you came in. It's about how you leave. It's about uh, what you learn while we're together. Sunday morning for us, it's about joy and having fun and evangelism and declaring the good news of God because we have hope. Why? Because the better we get to know God, the more satisfying and joyful our lives will be. So what's next? Maybe for you, it's to know God, like on this level to understand what he did for you, which send his, what he did for you is send his son to this earth to live a perfect life so you wouldn't have to, so that when you confess him as Lord, all of your sins, past, present, and future can be forgiven. Except here's the problem, Matthew chapter 7, the most terrifying scripture in all of the Bible. When Jesus says, not everyone who says to me on that day, Lord, Lord, will get to enter the kingdom of heaven. The reason that's a problem is because that's most people's plan. I believe in Jesus, but I don't actually ever get to know him. That's why you can't stop after step one. Because believing in Jesus and knowing Jesus look drastically different. Believing in God and following God are entirely different things. That's because God was never looking for a religion. He was never looking for a list of ritual things that you were supposed to do. He's looking for a relationship. And not just a relationship between you and him, but God's also looking for a relationship with you and other people. It's why Paul says in verse 15, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. Like there's this relationship between us and God and our love for God's people everywhere. There's faith in God and love for the people. You can't do one without the other. I'll say it this way. You can't have a relationship with God if you don't also have a relationship with his people. Why? Because God's always been about family. We see this way back in Genesis when he first created the world. He said, hey, let's make man in our image because there's always been God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's always been a relationship. And then what's ha- what happens when he makes man in his image? He says, it is not good for man to be alone. Let me make a helper fit for him. He wants you present with him, and he wants you present with others. Proverbs 27 says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so one man will sharpen another. We call this building here at New Anthem. We want to build you up in the faith by connecting you to God and to other people. Over and over in Scripture, the way this is described is by finding freedom. So if you study this idea throughout the Bible, you'll frequently get this picture of bondage and slavery, that we as human beings are trapped back and held back because of sin. And the only way... Out of our sin is through Jesus Christ. And the only way we find freedom is through his people. This is John eight thirty four. Watch this. Jesus answered them. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. Now, here's a problem. Romans 3, 23. We've, we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Ipso facto, we're slaves. And here's where most people stop on their journey. They'll get to know God. They'll accept his free gift of salvation because that was easy, but they'll never get completely out of captivity because it's very hard. It's why people continually struggle with the same sin over and over and they keep going back to the website and they keep having the habit and they keep having the addiction and they'll lug that baggage of shame everywhere they go, even though it's uh, crushing them the weight of having this secret in their life and people will never get out of debt and they'll keep spending frivolously and most people aren't willing to do the hard work of finding freedom through other people. Forgiveness from God, freedom from people. Through other people. Here it is in Scripture. This is James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? So that you may be healed. This is such a huge concept. Forgiveness comes from God. Healing comes from God's people. Now, here's what I know. Not everybody is safe to confess your sins to. Right? Have you ever told somebody a secret and said, okay, now you can't tell anybody. And what do they do? They tell everybody. So that's uh, actually what most people like about Catholicism. They hate the service. They hate all the kneeling and the rituals. There's way too much cardio involved in the service for them. So they don't like that. But the, fact, the thing they do like is that they can go tell their priest anything and know that it's going to remain confidential. So knowing all this, here's what we decided to do at New Anthem. Groups. Significant. Christ-centered relationship. Groups We call them surge groups, SRG, Significant Relationship Groups, which is somewhat misleading because all the single people are like, yes, jackpot, this is what I'm praying for, a significant relationship. This is what I need in my life. And all the married people are like, wait, what? Can we do that? That doesn't sound right. And don't get caught up with the name, okay? What we're after is for you to find friendships and other people so you can have what James just talked about, someone you can go to that will help you find healing. Someone that you can go to and know well enough that you can say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need you to pray for this. Because I don't think you need another Bible lesson. I think you need some support for everything that's happening in your life. And this is what our small groups were designed to do, to create friendships so that you can find healing. And so what's next for you? Well, it might be to find a group. And you might have to shop for a group. That's why they're only 10 weeks long, because you might show up to group over and over and come to find out these are not my people, okay? And so then you're going to have to go find another group. So on to the next one. But at the end of the day, we all need a place where we can connect and grow better. And what we like to say here is life change does not happen in rows. It happens in circles. When you get to know each other and you share a meal and you share life and do life with each other. Now you can maybe see why so many people stop after step 1A, because this is hard. It's not complex, but people are not easy either. That's why Paul says, I need you flooded with hope, because this is how life works. And notice how he ends the sentence. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with life so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he Called. Circle star, underline, highlight, whatever you do. Called. See, not only are forgiveness and healing connected through God and people, but hope and calling are also connected. The problem is that most people in life are looking for hope in their circumstances, but it ain't there, everybody. So you can keep looking for hope in your job, and you can keep looking for hope in your circumstances, and you can keep looking for hope in your bank account, but the reality is the only confident hope that you're going to find is in God and His people and in the purpose that He has given you in this life. You were created on purpose, for a purpose, and you can't fully understand that purpose if you don't know God, and you don't have God's people speaking directly into your life. You can't do this step without, without having steps one and two also in your life. A New Anthem, we call this being equipped. We want to equip you for ministry because once you know God and find freedom, in addition to finding forgiveness, we need to help you discover your purpose. Here's what's so alarming about Your purpose. Uh, A study was done uh, a few years ago, and 87% of self-identifying Christians revealed that they had no idea what their spiritual gifting was. 87%. You can see in the Ephesians passage we just read at the very end, it talks about the church being a body over and over in scripture as particularly Paul uses this example of the church being a body. And some of you are hands and you're doing the work. Some of you are the feet and you go out. Some of you are the mouthpiece like I am. Some of you are the knowledge part in the brain and you write all kinds of, you know, great things. And uh, the problem is imagine if your body was only operating at 13% capacity, that would be a nightmare. If you didn't have 87% of your body function and I could give you some really disgusting examples of what that would look like in your life, but it would just be a nightmare. That's probably why so many people hate church, because they're not a functioning part of the body. They just find stuff to nitpick and criticize because they don't know what else to do. And there's a fantastic book out there I would encourage you all to read. It's called It. It's by Craig Rochelle, and it's all about spiritual gifting. But he uses a really helpful example that uh, I'd want to share with you today because he talks about a greyhound park. And uh, greyhounds understand that their purpose in life is to chase this little rabbit around the park and win money for the people that bet on them. They understand that. Okay. So uh, the Greyhound Park sets up the mechanical rabbit, and the dogs run after it. And there was one specific park that the when they turned the rabbit loose, it went part of the way, and then it had exploded, and fur and everything went everywhere, and then the thing just stopped. And the Greyhounds didn't know what to do. And some of them just laid down on the track. Others of them turned and saw the people and just started barking at them. And then some of them ran through the fence and like got like injured themselves because they were so disoriented about what was going on. And Pastor Craig makes the point that this is pretty much a picture of humanity. Because when you're not following God and you don't understand your purpose in life, you're going to do one of three things. You're either going to do nothing and just lay down on the track of life. You're going to turn and bark at everybody around you and criticize everything about life or you're just going to run off the track and injure yourself. That's why we've designed NEXT. So what's next for you? Next might be next for you because we want to come alongside you and help you understand the the way the church got started, the essentials of faith, the X factor in your life. God's created you with something specific and he's designed you to do it. And then we want to talk about ways that you can make a difference in the world because verse 19, as Paul points out, you have a power living in you and we want to help you discover what that power is. And God has designed you to do something in this life when you understand it we want to send you out in the world to make a difference jot that down we send you out to make a difference so when you discover purpose God wants you to use that purpose in the world to make a difference so here's how I'll close with uh, the message this morning simple question what are you waiting for Like, let's go. Let's get on this journey together. We're better together. Let's make a difference together. Because every person that you meet in this life, you're going to make an impression. What if you made a difference? The purpose in your life is not to arrive at death safely. I don't want to lead you on this path of life and take you to these different hillsides and show you all the good grass and make everything safe for you. Some of the valleys and things that we have to go through is going to take us, we're crying huge amounts of faith in God and cross a gigantic ravine to get there. But when we do, the joy that we're going to have, come on somebody, this is the good news of the gospel that we get to make a difference in people's life. No, this ain't a safe life. It was never meant to be. We don't serve a safe God. He's going to ask us to do some amazing dangerous things, but we can do them together. Can I hear a better amen? Father God, I pray for the courage, the boldness, the clarity that is required of us to identify where we're at on this spiritual journey. Help make known to us where we're at on this path of life. Help us take that first step, getting to know you more Intimately and passionately, so that we can take the other three steps, God. It's time. It's time for us to make a difference. As I look around at everything that's happening in the world, God, you have called us like Queen Esther for such a time as this. God, let's make your name famous. Let's bring glory to your cause. Help us love people the way that you loved us. Help us let them see this light in us, the confident hope that we have because of everything that you've done. That you meet us right where we're at. has nothing to do with what we've done but everything that your son did for us. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to take that first step today. What's next for you? It might be to get to know God. The best way I can describe this relationship with God is one of surrender. That you surrender your life to Him. That you humbly admit that you're not perfect, but you didn't have to be. Jesus paid your price on that cross. If you'll just surrender your life to Him this morning. Get to know Him. Say, God, I believe in your Son, Jesus. Jesus that he died on the cross, paid for my sin. I receive what you did for me. Forgive me, save me, change me, make me more like you. God, you've given us power. We haven't always been in a position to see it. God, open our eyes, help us understand the power that you've already given us. We're not asking for anything that we didn't already have. We're no longer slaves to fear, God. Help us as we leave this place to make a difference for you. We ask all this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.